It's the Power Hour LSU podcast. Let's go! Nick Saban, Brian Kelly, which coach would you rather have on Saturday? Look, I'm an LSU Tiger. I mean, I probably will be forever. Ah! Of course, that didn't actually happen. And look, we all have our own complicated feelings about Nick Saban. And of course, Brian Kelly is LSU's coach now. But remove your bias just for a second and answer that question right now. Which coach would you rather have? Nick Saban or Brian Kelly? And the answer probably isn't what you think it is. Huh? 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 Because uh, today we're going to talk about how Nick Saban has become the rat poison that he consistently warns us about. But welcome back to the PHL pod. I want to say thanks. We are, I think, growing. I don't look at the analytics on this, but I've gotten some feedback on it. That's obviously a lot of fun. And of course, our episode earlier in the week talked about how this could be the last LSU versus Alabama game that could mean something. And of course, check out our deeper film breakdowns on you know the day-to-day uh, play-to-play stuff. We did a bunch of recruiting stuff, big recruiting week for LSU. All of that is on Power Hour LSU. And if you want my advanced breakdown, including who I feel are the massive weaknesses in this LSU-Alabama matchup, both for LSU and Alabama, feel free to join our PHL Patreon that gets you private Discord benefits. Now, all that out the way, it is true that Brian Kelly has been brutally outcoached and outplayed by Nick Saban in their previous two matchups. Of course, both of those were in playoff settings, and to add injury to insult, or is it insult to injury? Either way, um, his offensive coordinator was obviously throttled by Nick Saban last year. Mike Dimbrock, of course, calling the place for Cincinnati. And at the time when Dimbrock was hired, we actually did a full film breakdown of the Cincinnati game plan versus Alabama. And it turned out that it actually was good. It just didn't work out because Desmond Ritter missed a few throws. But most notably, they couldn't protect against Will Anderson in that Alabama front. So, you know, for me, I, I feel as if the excuse that Nick Saban had infinitely better players versus Mike Dimbrock and uh, Brian Kelly in their matchups, I think it's valid. I do. But, of course, you would have much rathered Brian Kelly been a little bit more competitive in those games. Now, let's get back to the question at hand. Which coach would you rather have? Now, I would tell you Nick Saban because, of course, Nick Saban is still recruiting five stars at a ridiculous clip. He is still putting together competitive national championship winning teams. He's putting together Heiser Trophy winners and doing what, well, the Death Star has done. Death Star, otherwise known as Alabama Crimson Tide Football. And Nick is still a very, very, very elite coach. But what I will also tell you is there has been a turn in the Alabama Crimson Tide program. Now, we oftentimes talked about Alabama over the years as an NFL franchise. 
which is kind of true, right? You know, they do pump out NFL players at a high clip. It does feel like a professionally ran organization. But the truth about most NFL teams is they are oftentimes carried by their quarterback. And over the past two years, I feel as if Alabama has indeed been carried by Bryce Young, where in years past, of course, Nick Saban has had other great quarterbacks, but it wasn't just the quarterback carrying the team, right? Tua had a bunch of talent around him. Mac Jones, who was a very good quarterback, but he was a product of his surroundings. Alabama's best offensive line ever, a Heiser Trophy wide receiver, um, unbelievable running backs, and to me, a far better play caller than what Alabama has right now with Bill O'Brien. And I feel as if a lot of Nick Saban's success has been a byproduct of Well, Bryce Young and Will Anderson individually going out there winning football games for them. Now, it's not just those two. They obviously have four and five stars littered all over the place at all different positions. But the simple truth is this. There has been a major flaw in Nick Saban over the past couple of years. And I always preach on this podcast and just on PHL to not get carried away with small sample sizes but something has happened over the past couple of years that proves that Nick Saban has an issue with road games now he isn't the only coach that's had an issue with road games I have been very critical of well Jimbo Fisher's coaching in road games historically his road game performances are way worse than that at home and this year it's translated to actually really bad home performances as well so Truth be told, this isn't, you know, something new. You always will never have a win a win per se on the road. Road games obviously feature hostile environments, so you do factor all of that in. But it has been pretty laughable how well Alabama has underperformed the Vegas spread expectations for each and every road game over the past couple of years. Outside of, of course, a few exceptions. So you go to last year, and of course, this was before the wheels fell off versus uh, Florida. It was the third game of the year. Alabama went on the road. They were a 12, or excuse me, a 14 point favorite. They only beat Florida by two. Okay. Now, a little bit later in the year, they went to Texas A&M and lost to a pocket quarterback who is a third stringer now at Auburn in Zach Calzada. And they lost 41 to 38 as a three touchdown favorite. Now, the next week versus Mississippi State, they uh, obviously throttled Mississippi State, but they've always throttled Mississippi State, even pre Mike Leach. That has always been a matchup in which they've been dominated. And then we get to the big one here at the end. At Auburn, you almost lost to a TJ Finley led Auburn Tigers team. It took a miracle game winning drive by, well, guess who? Bryce Young. And of course, Bryce didn't play his absolute best. Jamison Williams uh, had a targeting penalty on a punt earlier in the game. So obviously that hurt their offense, but still they only beat a mediocre Auburn team by two. Now I'll tell you this, the fact that he took that team to the national championship game actually is a pretty good coaching feat, but a lot of those games were very competitive. And I'll also mention that 
Nick Saban special teams haven't been as buttoned up as they've been in years past. Um, and we'll talk more about that here in just a second. But notice that, okay? 20-point favorite versus Auburn. They win by two. 17-point uh, favorite versus Texas A&M. They lose by three. 20-point favorite versus Florida. Actually, excuse me, 14-point favorite versus Florida. They win by only two. And then you get to this year at Texas once again. A backup quarterback was inserted into that game pretty quickly. Alabama bailed out once again. Bryce Young, game-winning drive at the end of the game. They win at Texas by one as 21-point favorites, okay? They go to Arkansas, their second road game this year. Well, they jumped out to a 28-0 lead. Their starting quarterback, Bryce Young, did get hurt, but... Arkansas scored 23 unanswered points to make it a very competitive game in the third, and then the wheels fell off of a really bad Arkansas defense, and Alabama ended up covering that spread, but there were some very questionable Nick Saban decisions. They punted on fourth and inches. They had two massive special teams blunders that allowed Arkansas to get back into the game. Of course, at Neyland Stadium earlier this year, historic game, 52-49, a bunch of special teams blunders in that one as well. They were nine-point favorites. Obviously, let's be honest, Tennessee is a super-duper good team. And, well, if you listen to my content, I would have told you before the year to go bet Tennessee the over and SEC East, you know, champions. Now, we'll see what happens this weekend versus Georgia, but still. So, as you can see, Saban coach teams on the road have not been necessarily great in fact they have only had one complete start to finish road performance in their last what let's say eight road games that they've played okay so that to me shows a trend and it helps having a Heisman Trophy quarterback to dig you out of that hole now is that necessarily Nick Saban? No, it's not entirely Nick Saban. Some of it is coordinators. Some of it is, you know, players making mistakes. But the truth is, Saban teams just don't dominate as much on the road as they do at home. And honestly, if you go roster by roster, and if you are a member of our PHL Patreon, you would have seen this in our advanced breakdown. I do think Alabama is a better team, and there are a lot of data points and matchups that point to Alabama winning this game comfortably but truth be told it's hard to say that that's going to happen when Alabama themselves have not played to their absolute highest standard this is a flawed Alabama team and they are very much beatable now what's very interesting is Alabama is in a scenario where they are playing back-to-back -back road games next week they'll play Ole Miss Ole Miss will be coming off a of bye week it's going to be a late flight back from LSU and once again if you're a subscriber to our content you know from earlier this year when we picked LSU to beat Mississippi State the main reason I picked that game is because 2019 LSU was the last team and I didn't include 2020 in this data they were the last team to win true back-to-back -back road games okay and what's interesting the second of those games was the Ole Miss game where LSU played poorly defensively right historically bad defensively so if Alabama wins this game versus LSU I'm actually going to take the money line 
Ole Miss over Alabama next week. It's really difficult to play back-to-back road games with a coach who hasn't necessarily been doing all that well on the road. It is a very real thing, okay? Now, we go back to what we said at the end of the last episode here on this PHL podcast. Brian Kelly himself has got to do a better job coaching against elite teams in big spots and getting off to a faster start. This is something that obviously happened versus Ole Miss and a bunch of other games, including the Tennessee game from earlier in the year. And obviously, Brian Kelly's really good in-game adjustments do play a massive role in this game right here. You would like to see us get off to a faster start, but quite frankly, if you were to look at the coaching jobs of both of these gentlemen up to this point in the year, it is unquestionable that Brian Kelly has been the better coach than Nick Saban up to this point. Now, obviously, BK, the Florida State game was really bad. The Tennessee game was really bad. But getting this team to a you went out and we're in the college football playoff spot right here is pretty impressive stuff. So as of right now, BK's had a better year coaching his team in my estimation, than Nick Saban has had, um, you know, coaching his team. Now, hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I'm supposed to give a score prediction out at the end. I'm actually going to give you a play that I actually will make. I love, not like, I love the under in this game on Saturday, okay? I could see both of these teams slowing it down. You also have the weather factor that could play a role. I do believe things will clear up because it never rains in Death Valley, as many of you know. Um, but, you know, if there is a wet ball, you do obviously favor the under there as well. Obviously, LSU floating as a 13-point underdog in the spot. You know, I, I'm actually going to take a lot of Alabama unders for the rest of the way, um, simply because I just don't know which of their wide receivers can go out there and separate. Now, I know they're getting the Louisville transfer, Harrell, um, you know, finally healthy for this point of the year. But I, I actually do like the under in this game. And I do, I, I am going to roll with Alabama here, 27-21. Um, but still, I, I think LSU is competitive in this game. I, I really, really, really do. Now, we obviously, you know, a five-star review, all the good stuff. We always like to give you one little extra nugget at the end of the episode. Now, remember I said Nick Saban is rat poison. And look, coaches, you know, you, you sometimes you, you struggle, right? Nick is not a perfect head coach by any stretch of the imagination. And I'll be the first to tell you he is the absolute best coach in the country. Now, once again, if you are a subscriber to my content, if you listen to me on other shows, I've already shared this point, but I'll share it here on the podcast for everyone here. Nick Saban has been one of the biggest hypocrites in all of college football this year because you all see him talk about rat poison, rat poison, rat poison. Well, he's been the rat poison. He's been the big distraction. Go back to the offseason with the biggest coaching beef I can honestly remember between him and Jimbo Fisher all started with Nick. It was 110% Nick who started that beef, saying what he said to those business people, whatever the setting may be, about not only Jimbo Fisher, but Deion Sanders, name, image, and likeness um, stuff. A lot of you remember that. But then again, you know, that's one thing. It's another thing, you know, playing Jermaine Burton in this last game. And as many of you know, I don't sit on some moral high horse whatever, okay? All coaches have their own 
baggage, okay? The truth, though, was not sitting out Jermaine, verse, verse, Jermaine Burton versus Mississippi State after there were multiple instances of him hitting uh, Tennessee fans when they stormed the field. Look, Nick had a lot of good points about fans storming the field. It can be very hectic. I totally get that. But the simple truth is you don't hit people. You just simply don't do it. He had a player who did that and chalked it up to the player being scared. Okay? That was lame. It was, quite frankly, unacceptable. And, well, Nick is going to get away with it because he's Nick. And that has been a distraction this week. Let's be honest. Uh, This wouldn't be a story if he just sat him out one game and said he learned his lesson. But, no. Nick is above uh, above reproach, and that's a distraction, quite honestly. So, you know, it's funny. Nick Saban tells you, well, you you media are the rat poison. You're the rat poison. No, you are the rat poison, Nick. So, hope you enjoyed this episode today, and let's go Tigers. Don't forget, pregame, halftime, postgame shows. It is the PHL Podcast. We'll see you on the Power Hour LSU YouTube channel, and tonight... And oh yeah, shout out to the OTOP guys unearthing that Saban audio. That is so, oh, oh, Josie. Look, I'm an LSU Tiger. I mean, I probably will be forever. Oh, we're doing like some steak stir fry. Let's go.